Hey guys, how's it going? This week we have an interview for you with Dan Milan. He is originally from Michigan. Now he's back coaching one of the teams that he used to play for. But we're going to listen to him talk about his stories of growing up playing hockey, playing major juniors, getting signed to Tampa's minor league team, and jumping around the East Coast League playing on different teams. And then he touches on his retirement and how that was for him in life after hockey. So I hope that you guys enjoy this interview. And go get the podcast five stars. Thank you. Here we go. Hi. What up, yo? (laughs) Happy Saturday. How are you? I am. I am good. Just getting my, kind of getting my day started. Just, uh, yeah, just got back from the dry cleaners. Got to stay fresh, I guess, at work. So, how about you? Not bad. Been a lazy morning, definitely. Trying to force myself into getting ready for life. Right, yeah, that's that's it. So, my life's not paused on the weekends. I'm just, like, chilling. Yeah. Are you coaching now? Is that what you have practice for? So I uh, I coach a 12 and under team, a team I actually used to play for when I was in eighth grade. So now I'm, I'm, I'm coaching them. So it's fun. I love it. Are you uh, in right. Michigan? Yeah, I live in Ferndale. I mean, I haven't been every single place in Michigan, but, like, this is probably the most, like, hipster, I don't want to say fun spot because Detroit's a lot of fun, too. But, I mean, it's, yeah. So I'm over in Ferndale, Michigan. It's a, it's a cool Cool little city. Good place to go for walks. Yeah. How long have you been there for? I think about five, about five months now. So for a while, I wasn't. I was in the process of switching jobs. So you know, I was, I was moving to a new area, and then uh, yeah, so I just settled in here. It was a place I was kind of wanted to to live at for at least a, you know a little while. So I love it. What were yeah. the jobs you were switching between? I, I was switching between, like, a job where I was kind of, like, a, a very ethical – it was, like, a very ethical form of, like, Wolf of Wall Street, like, making cold calls, like, trying to get people to, you know, refinance their, their home. And, like, so in the mortgage business, and now I switched over to a company who is, uh, you know, much, much larger, like, uh, just not even close. Uh, it's a completely different scale, but it's still in the mortgage business. Um, just a little bit of a different side of it. Yeah, and it's actually perfect because it's only like 15 minutes away from, you know, my, my apartment here. So it's nice. Yeah, growing out this mustache too, you know, it's got to get, when I go to work, man, it's, you know, it's different. It means business when I walk in the door with this mustache, I'll tell you that. So, but people get it. People definitely get it. So I take my mask off. Oh, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. They probably can't see it. <laughs> Yeah, well, they can't. I mean, you just got to wear the mask when you walk in the door and then, like, if you're, like, getting up from your seat and stuff. But it's a company where a lot of people are working from home. So it's a company, United Wholesale Mortgage. It's, like, literally, we did almost, I mean, we did hundreds of billions of loans last year. So it's it's 8,000 people. My brother's actually starting with the company on Monday, you know, temporarily with everything that's going on with the season being all messed up like oh is he still playing he he is but it's it's uh everything that's going on like you know the major the major league's playing right like the nhl's playing but you know the minor league teams are that they're not they're in a weird situation there's like a few teams that are playing but basically everybody has opted out of playing this season so it's just a really odd situation so he's kind of you know in a hiatus i guess yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to have him come and show him what uh, life is all about in, in the real world, I guess. <laughs> I was looking at your elite prospects. Did you not go to college? Did you just go straight into playing minor leagues? Yeah, well, I so when I graduated high school, I graduated from Orchard Lake St. Mary's. It's like kind of like a, a what people would look at as like a prep school. Mm-hmm. Um, There's an ice rink on campus right after I graduated from there. I went and played in Quebec, and there's three leagues in Canada that are, like, it's called Major Junior. And if you go the Major Junior route, 
you're ineligible to play college hockey. So it's like the OHL, QMJHL, WHL. But I played in the league that Sidney Crosby and, you know, uh, so many, if you see a French name in the NHL, guaranteed they probably played in that league. So, yeah, and then I turned pro after that, after I, uh, I signed with Tampa Bay after my first year of juniors and then uh, went back for one year of juniors, one more year, and then I turned pro after that. Where are you at? Where are you based out of? So I just in November moved back to Lake Tahoe in California. Nice. Yeah, it's like, it's I'm a dream. Sp- <laughs> that is not a bad spot. Never been there, but... I've uh, I definitely looked up some houses on Zillow in that area, and that place is wild. It is, so. and it's like, it's such a, there's like, what do they say? They say it's like, rather you have three jobs or three houses. Right. Yeah, because it's like such a nice area. So a lot of rich people come and retire here, have like a bunch of houses, and then a lot of just ski bombs and like people that just want to be on the mountain are here. It's so nice. Right. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I was in Pennsylvania before this, right next to where the Penguins play. Uh, yeah, the Wilkes-Barre Penguins. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So. Got it. It was nice. Oh, and I was seeing that you used to play for in Syracuse. So I played. Kind of interesting. Like I literally played one game for Syracuse. I mean, I was called up for like a. Called up for like, I don't know, four weeks. I got into one game. Like, yeah. I mean, I know all those guys. I know, you know, basically most of the team that went, you know, I won the Stanley Cup this year. Like, I knew most of those guys because they were all signed right around the same time that I was signed or the year before. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, Syracuse is really cool. When I was there, I, I loved it. It was a great time. Yeah, and the fans are unreal there. Definitely from the taste that I got, it was good fans, like a blue-collar city for sure. It was right on the college campus. So you had a mix. You had some college people in the stands. You had, you know, and then you had some, you know, blue-collar workers just ready to, you know, watch, watch some hockey. I, I, it was a really cool spot. I wish I got to spend a little bit more time there. But, I mean, I played, I played in a lot of different spots and saw a lot of cool places. So I'm actually... I'm actually okay. Where was your favorite place to play at? I don't want to offend anybody. I don't really have a favorite spot. A lot of places were really good to me. I can tell you, I can tell you one place that I did not like, and I'm not trying to say this, was, was Brampton. Um, when I played for Brampton, I was under contract with Tampa. Now I had, I had met, um, you know, uh, some really good people from that. Like, you know, I had a few teammates that I, I really enjoyed, but, and, and there's a few fans that, you know, were in my corner and were really cool with me and stuff, but there was no atmosphere in the games. And I didn't, that was the one team that I could really say I didn't, I wasn't a fan of a lot of my teammates, and that never is usually the case. Like, I, I, I pride myself on being a team guy, being good with my teammates. And I, I was still a team guy, absolutely. I just didn't really like some of the guys were not my favorite. Other than that, I loved I loved Wheeling, West Virginia. It's a place where I think many people would be like, "Where the hell is that?" That's such like, and then they hear the team name, the Wheeling Nailers. But that was a place where it's a very it's a city that's a tough city. Like, um, it really is not. It's I kind of put it this way: it's almost post-apocalyptic. It has a post-apocalyptic type type look. But like, if you know my style, like you know, what I wear, like, outside the rink and stuff, like, you know, I don't know, it's just my, my vibe, like, I don't need to be in, in, in paradise, like, I find the beauty in, like, what this city once was and what it is today and, like, how it got there, it's just, I don't know, it's a really cool spot, um, and I really like my teammates, I loved Wichita, Kansas, Kansas as well, I loved Fort Wayne, I really liked, uh, my rookie year, I think, was, was awesome, um, and Fort Myers, Florida, that was a different taste, because when you walk outside the rink, and it's, uh, you know, 75 degrees in the middle of January or February, and you're, like, going to the pool after practice. It's like, that's not that's not what I was used to. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, slop, like, uh, on ice trying to get to practice, worried about for men, you know, the elements of nature just, like, <laughs> up and get before you even get there. So, so yeah, that's, that's some of the places for sure. 
Did the Kavanaugh's own the team in West Virginia when you played there? Yeah, I believe so. I, you know what? I this is probably like probably sounds stupid, but like I don't really remember exactly because they weren't really hands on with the team, so I mm-hmm. didn't really know. I didn't really know them. I didn't really see them. But yeah, I can't really remember to be honest with you. They seem like cool people. I went to a college with their son, and they like had their hands in everything. They had that team, a junior team. They, had, I think, just bought Team the Comets. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, yeah, you're right, Ben. Yeah, you're 100% right. I, uh, I do remember that. They kind of had uh, they had some other teams as well. So um, that does make sense. Yep. So what was your decision into, like, retiring? When did you know that it was time or that that was going to happen? I kind of had my last year was a, a, a very difficult one because I had a, a lot of decisions that I was kind of in, like, I was kind of having trouble, you know, dealing with, you know, I, I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to really start now. Here, here's, I'll start here. Here's a misconception that a lot of people think. It's like, you don't make, you don't make a lot of money in the minors. I mean, they think it's like you're just living on freaking like almost like food stamps or something. Some people, <laughs> but like I, you make good money, but you know, for what I was doing and for the role that I was playing, and I couldn't seem to get out of that role because every time like somebody would want me, they wanted me to, you know, you know, fight. Like, they'd want me to fight or play that really hard nosed role, which I have no problem with playing a hard nosed role and competing because that's what I do. But like when people kind of have this expectation that you're going to get in a few, you know, a few fights or you're going to have to like, you know, be a cheap shot. Not a, not a cheap shot, but, like, a guy who just really pisses the other team off, like, you know, because I, I definitely did that. You know, to have that expectation every single night, it just wasn't my – it wasn't what I – how I am really as a person. Like, I, I uh, you know, I, I was kind of tired of that. And so getting your head, you know, bashed in every game or, you know, guys not really showing – from the other team not really showing you a ton of respect, you know, because I'm out there, you know, I'm hitting guys, like, in the – back the legs and like you know giving it to you guys basically and then you know when I'm going back on the puck you know somebody's charging at me full speed and they don't have any you know hold back to try and like not hurt me so you know that I was getting very tired of the um culture the culture is a really cool culture it's 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 a you know it's kind of like a a rock star lifestyle in in a way you practice for an hour a day and then it's like you got the rest of the days yourself, and you know guys would do what they do, you know. But you know whether it's drinking or girls or or you know other stuff, it's like I was just I was over that aspect as well. I wanted to add a lot more structure to my life. Now, when I was playing, I was always going to school and taking classes because, like we said earlier, I didn't play college hockey, but I always promised my parents and you know myself essentially that. I was going to get my degree, so I was working towards that. So that was some structure, and but you know, I, I was just I was over a lot of the stuff. And then you know, to top it all off, the business side of it sucks. Like the business side of it is brutal, especially if you're in the minors because you're you're as I mean, you're so disposable. Like I literally played with guys that had gotten traded four or five times in a year. They had to pack up all their stuff four or five times in a year, and like. Yeah, are you playing the game that you love? Yeah, you are. But that's the type of stuff that like will suck the fun right out of it. And you're you're just you're very disposable and people don't always understand that. They think that, you know, when you're playing, you know, you're living the dream. You're you're playing, you're doing what you love, which is very true. You know, that's what kept me going. But, you know, when you got got when you got when you walk into a place and then you know, three days later, you could get traded, or if you play a bad game, or if you play a couple bad games in a row, or even if you're playing well, you can still get traded, and, and or you know, there's other aspects as well where it's just like the business side of the game. It it takes it takes a lot of the fun away. Yeah, so I was I was over it in a lot of ways. I still love the game. I still coach. I still play. I actually got I've been playing my my beer league games on on Friday. I don't know what it is, but. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to say on this podcast because I told my dad I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> but but I'll like I got I got in like a minor fight yesterday with and it was like beer league, so it's like the competitive spirit is still there. Yeah, so I was just over the business aspect. I was ready to move on to the next chapter. I think I'm more than 
much more than just a hockey player. So, yeah. Do you think that pressure of knowing that you could get traded at any moment affected your game? No. No, I, I don't think so. I, I, it didn't affect my game. It does affect people's games. Or if people are in, kind of in the doghouse or yeah. you know, kind of indication that they're going to get traded, yeah, you, you'll see that. Or if a guy's not happy, you'll see it in their play. For me, I kind of found a balance of, and I, I still carry this with me through actually like everything I do, is you find a way to just not really give a fuck. Like, you find a way to just not really, like, it's like I care so much and I want to be the best and I really work hard at what, you know, whatever it is that I do, but you find a way to just, like, block out the noise. Like, you just don't really give a shit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or in a way, you use it as motivation and it might help you play better. So I think I got really good at doing that. So, but it's not easy. Like, that, that pressure is what I'm talking about when it comes to the business side of it. You know, this isn't your a job that you can go in and half-ass and clock in and, you know, leave for the day and go back. It's like you gotta you gotta bring it when you're there. That hour that you're at practice, that hour, those two hours that you're playing in a game, which really trickles down to twelve, fifteen shifts. You know, maybe twenty shifts, uh, fifteen, twenty shifts. Let's say that. You know, if if you don't, if you have two bad shifts and you get scored on those two bad shifts in the game, well, those two bad shifts could cost you a spot and you might be gone. So. People don't know it. People don't understand that. It's very easy to judge when you're not playing, when you never made it to a very high level. Or you like the stability now? Yeah, it's more security in a way. I don't have to get my head bashed in. I think my competitiveness and like, you know, my personality fits the job. Like I'm in the sales job now, so I think my my I feel like I have a a skill set that's that's good with you know talking, relating to people, and, and just trying you know the knowledge aspect as well. Like you know, I'm still knowledgeable about the product that I'm selling and whatnot, but it's, there's more, I don't have to worry about walking in and having a bad day getting fired. Now, that's not to say I'm, I'm going in and having a bunch of bad days, but it's just, it's more peace of mind. I don't have to worry about getting my head bashed in. You know, I, the, the pressures that you undergo while playing the game at a high level and, and undergoing the business aspect, I think that really mentally made me, you know, put, put, gave me an advantage over a lot of people that don't, didn't have to really go through that sort of pressure. So it's very unique. Are you a big heavy metal guy? I'm looking at this shirt you're wearing. Yeah, I am. I love everything. No, I, I, I literally will rock jazz music. Uh, rock jazz music. I'll listen to that. <laughs> I'll, listen to, I'll listen to Marilyn Manson. This is actually a shirt my buddy, uh, good buddy from Toronto made. He makes a bunch of shirts for like pro athletes and celebrities and stuff like that. Um, three Strikes, give him a shout out. He's, he's, he's dope. Yeah, I'm kind of all over the map. You know, it's kind of just depends on my vibe. Like, I love rap music. Like, that's a big... I love EDM music. Like, I love trance music. I love jazz music. I mean, if you look at my apartment, it's kind of got a bunch of different vibes. Like, it's got... Uh, I would say I'd show it, but I got my hockey gears laying out, drying out <laughs> from this game. But, um, you know, I got a bunch of rock posters, and then I got, you know, my... Stuff that I've created. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll just turn it around. Yeah, show me. Yeah, yeah, yeah show. <laughs> no. I mean, I got my... Okay. Work nice. So, you know, this is a bunch of stuff that I, like, I created. You know, whether it's, you know, this jacket, right? Or let's see something a little bit fancier here. Maybe not fancier because it's all fancy in its own way. But uh, I got some crazy jeans up in here. You know, it's a lot of my stuff that I create, I kind of showcase it. Yeah. You know, and then I got Abe Lincoln, you know, just chilling. Bunch of Abe Lincolns. I don't know if, like, see, I did not I did not know Abe Lincoln looked like that. You know what I mean? It's always like, you, you always see that one, or you might see, like, that one. But, like, these three up here, like, it's just different. Um, and then I got my little Paris neon sign to just settle the vibes in. You know, I don't want it to be too emo in here. So I got to put a little, you know, this is a place of fashion. So I got to put the Paris sign up. And then I got, like, I'm still, like, a nerd. Like, I'm definitely a nerd. Like, I got, like, fucking action figures, like, next to my TV, like, not opened. Like, they're in their box still. Like, I don't know. It's, like, my little penthouse place of peace, I guess. Hell yeah. How did you get into creating clothes? And then by that, do you mean, like, you just, you design them and pass them off to someone, or? I do a little bit of everything. When it comes to clothes, it's kind of whatever I, I think about. 
know, I'll sell, I'll put stuff up for sale. I sold a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. Sometimes I'll just make it for myself. Sometimes I'll make it for Christmas gifts or any sort of gifts. You know, if I just like, so I, I got into it. I've always been very big into fashion or the way that I looked or dressed since, you know, early middle school, even like elementary school. Like I was always doing something where I was wearing something, you know, a little bit funky, but I was tired of buying expensive clothes or like, you know, the, the Abercrombie jeans that I wanted that had a bunch of rips in them. I'm like, all right, like I'm just going to figure out how to make this stuff. So, you know, it started with just ripping, distressing jeans, bleaching my jeans. I went to school and like sometimes I would smell like bleach because like I was, you know, I made these dope jeans, but like I didn't wash like them after I made them. So I'd like go to school. And then I could just kind of continue to build off that. And, you know, now it's gotten to the point where I taught myself how to sew. I have my sewing machine, but I'll also, I'll paint, um, I'll paint on stuff. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll dye stuff a certain way. You saw those jeans earlier, you know, I patch up a bunch of things. I, I just, I don't know. So it's, it's a freeing thing that I do to, you know, I don't know, just express myself, be myself. And I, you know, I've always been into fashion. So why not teach myself how to make and do a little bit of everything? So that answers the question. Hell yeah. That's awesome. You seem like you're a busy body. You seem like you have a lot going on. Yeah, definitely am. So even, even when I like, yeah, I'm always busy. I mean, if it's not work, you know, I come back and I'll, I'll try and do something productive like I try to be very very productive and in some aspect even if it's just not you know necessarily it's if I'm just coming back home and I'm putting on a podcast and I'm taking notes like like I'll do that all the time like I'll come back after a long day at work I'm just like man I'm freaking I'm gassed but like you know why not just throw like a some sort of podcast on or some sort of like something to stimulate my mind and then just like you know write notes or, you know, do something productive, even if it's very minor. So I'm very into that. I saw you put on your Instagram story something about someone chirping you earlier. Is that the guy that you were fighting with in men's league? Yeah, that was, yeah, yep, that was, that was literally last night. And, you know, I've played in a bunch of men's league games since I've been retired. I've never had an issue because I just go out there and, like, I do, I just want to, like, make moves and, like, dish the puck and, Whatever, but uh, yeah, last night I was actually, I actually wasn't having my my best game. Now this is relative to to myself. Like, you know, when I was out there, I, I know I was still you know doing well, but like for myself, I'm like man, like I haven't scored yet. Like I'm gonna keep missing the net, and it got to the point where our team was losing, and I just missed. I just like shot it over the net, and like, I was like, I was just like kind of pissed at myself, and then like somebody from their bench yelled. Uh, just some smart ass comment or whatever. So like I went over the bench and uh and uh yeah, I just like got pump faked uh like I was gonna hit the guy. Like I sound like a psychopath. Like I was like, Man, you know what? You wanna say something fine? Like I was just in that zone where, you know, I was just really pissed off at myself and then it translated right over to this guy because he said something at the wrong time. So um I ended up kinda of fighting the guy from the bench. I had a mentally game and I like I started out, I pump faked him with my stick, and then I kind of hit him with my stick, and then, like, he stood up or whatever, and we kind of, like, started, he wasn't really swinging, but I started kind of swinging at him, because he was like, oh, you want to go? Let me get on the ice, and I'm like, whatever, I, there was a lot going on, but then, after that, it was, you know, a bunch of the guys, like, yeah, why don't you try a little harder, try, you freaking try so hard, get the hell out of here, or whatever, I'm like, dude, first off, like, I'm not playing that well, I'm not really, I'm, I'm working hard, but, like, I'm out here skating all the time, and, you know, I am dead-ass tired. Like, I can't even really give it my all right now. Just hearing stuff like that where, like, grown men are literally saying, like, and they, my brother was out there, too. And, uh, you know, my brother's out there, you know, just making guys look stupid. And that's not that's not me being biased. Like, literally, like, guys are like, well, <laughs> it's like, you're a grown-ass man saying that stuff. It's like, really? Like, I thought we, like, got rid of that way of thinking like when we were in freaking high school you know i never thought that way but it's like how are you gonna say uh you know you go too hard you try too hard it's like dude that that's the exact reason on why like i've gotten every single thing in my my life you know like all my any successes i've ever had or any opportunities i've had it's because i've 
you know, worked hard or I put myself out there and, and was, you know, just stood out from, from other people. I don't know. Sometimes when people make comments like that, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, there's a, there's a reason why, you know, you're, I won't get too far into it, but, um, you know, cause I can go off my tangents like I am right now. So, uh, yeah, I was fired up even waking up this morning. I'm like, wow. When has trying hard not been cool? Like, that's just because you're just hating on stuff that you just don't, you didn't want to do it. You didn't want to do that extra stuff, so now you're just bitter about it and got to hate on somebody like me. Like, I'm just out there to make skill moves. There are so many different people in men's league. And, like, in this town, it's a small town, so, like, everyone gets pushed together. There's, like, not a lot of, like, different levels to play at. And then, like, in San Jose, it's, like, you know, all the people that played pro play together and then, like, this and that. So I always see stuff like that, people that are, like, more competitive than other people or the skill level just doesn't even match up. Right. That's – and that's it. I'm not out there, like, trying to – I just want to make some moves and then I'll dish the puck. Like, I don't, I honestly feel bad shooting the puck when I'm in that league because I feel like I'm going to freaking take somebody's head off or I'm going to hurt somebody. Like, these guys got to go to work. Like, I understand that. So I'm out here to just, you know, kind of make plays. Like, I'm not here taking one timers, you know, as hard as I can. Like, I'm not doing that stuff. Like, I, it's funny because it's like, oh, try a little harder. It's like, man, I'm, I'm kind of going like 75% right now. Like, <laughs> I'm not really going as hard as I can. So, but it's funny. Even though I said all that stuff and got a little scrap from a guy on the bench at a men's league game, and my dad told me not to do so, I just think back to when I used to watch my dad's men's league games. And I swear to God, this guy would get kicked out of every game. And he wouldn't always, he wouldn't instigate it, you know what I mean? He'd just be standing in the net, like, trying to screen the goalie. But then somebody would get pissed off, and my dad would get kicked out, and somebody else would get kicked out. So he can't really say too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I still love it. Man. Like I'll still be there every Friday. That He allows me to sub in. So what is your favorite memory from back when you played? I think the biggest accomplishment slash memory would be when I signed my NHL deal with Tampa. I think that's every single kid's dream. That's the first step to their dream, at least. Yeah. That was extremely memorable. I remember everything about it. You know, there's some other ones, too, where a very big memory to me was our sophomore year, I was on the varsity team, but I never really played. We ended up winning the state championship that year, but I wasn't, I didn't even play in the game. I was up in the stands. And this is a long, you know, this is kind of the peak of, I was just tight. I, I would, I didn't play much. Like I played on, you know, I was playing on varsity as a sophomore. And I think that says something, but I didn't play. Before that, I was playing AAA for a team who was very good. You know, they were actually, we were, uh, it was Team Compuware. We were always in the top five the whole year in the nation for, for AAA, but I didn't fucking play. I played two game, uh, you know, two, three, maybe four shit game, which is nothing. And so, yeah, anyways, we win the state championship. I'm not playing. I'm fed up with the fact that I'm, I'm going to these teams and I'm not playing. So it was a big transitional summer of, you know, really grinding, really deciding I wanted to be a hockey player. And, you know, the next year, we ended up playing the team that we won, you know, that we played in the state championship, uh, the first game of the season. So this is my senior, uh, junior year, first game of the season. And we were playing this team that we had competed against in the state championship. But mind you, this was not the state championship was, <clears throat> there was no winner or loser. We tied. We literally went into eight overtimes. They called the game off and uh, they called us co-champions. So, which was, <laughs> Yeah, literally never happened in the history of um, high school hockey. And I got to be a part of it in some way. But anyways, we were rematching this team from the last year of being co-champions. And I scored the game winner, game-winning goal in that game, um, the rematch. And there was there was about 2,500 people in our, ice, our, our rink. And this is a rink that does not seat like this. It was – there was not – a place where you could watch this game if you got there late. Like, it was so jam-packed. And basically everybody from my school was there. Uh, people from Marquette were, had come down, which is an eight-hour drive. Like, it was a – and I scored the game winning goal. Like, it was the biggest kind of relief and, like, feeling of satisfaction because this was a great start to kind of what I had built up, uh, up you know, the whole summer going into the next season and really deciding I wanted to be this – so yeah, it was a great, it was a great, it was a great memory. Oh, 
there's a lot of memories with in pro hockey that I made and on and off the ice. Definitely off the ice, there's some funny ass stuff that you just see, man. Because like I said, it's a rock star lifestyle. Like can't tell you everything because it just, but some funny stuff. Yeah, I bet. Let's hear more about you signing with Tampa. Yeah. Okay. So it was kind of an interesting situation. So I'll go from the start of me even like going into Tampa Bay's training camp, you know, before I got signed. So I'll, I'll timeline it. So you know, I went from from sophomore year of not playing high school hockey to you know, developing, developing, developing. By my senior year, you know, this is not me sounding arrogant, but, you know, people are telling me I'm the best defenseman in the state. Okay, so I get an opportunity to go to Quebec. I played for, you know, a, a top-notch team. Um, I have a really good season, and I ended up getting invited to Tampa Bay's camp as a free agent. Now, I wasn't drafted. There was a lot of guys there that were drafted and defensemen that were drafted second, third, fourth round, but I was just a free agent there at that camp. So we're going into, it starts with rookie camp, and, you know, I went in, I didn't play the first game, there were three games to this rookie camp tournament that was down in Miami, and uh, I didn't play the first game, because they had all the drafted guys play, and I was just this kind of free agent guy, so I didn't play. I ended up playing the next two games, I played really well, to the point where Iserman gave me a, an opportunity to come back to main camp. Well, he, he cut a bunch of his draft picks and sent them back to juniors after rookie camp. So it was like, wow, this is, this is dope. Like, okay. So I, I knew how well I played, but, you know, the fact that I'm getting this opportunity to come back to main camp. And so I went back to main camp and my defensive partner was Victor Hedman, which is not a big deal. That guy's uh, probably one of the best NHL defensemen to ever play. And so, you know, I'm playing with him. I'm having a really good camp still. And it was funny, man. Like, I don't kind of know. I guess this is kind of where all hard work kind of pays off in a sense. And, I, you know, I was very confident. I'm out there with – you're almost starstruck in a way. The first time I come back to main camp and Victor Hedman's your D partner and the first drill you do, you're doing it with Martin St. Louis, who's going to be a Hall of Famer, um, you know, Sam Coast. And you're, like, walking, skating around nice with these guys. Like, Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> exposure, but it didn't really affect me. Like it, it made me more confident, and I played extremely well. And I was actually in the process of switching agents, so I switched agents right in the middle of training camp because I didn't like my other agent because I, he didn't work. I, I, I got myself that opportunity to get into that camp. He did not. He did not vouch for me. So I switched to a new agent, and next thing you know, then there's there's talk about like you know, Isaac's contacting him, and and you know, we're solidifying a contract and. You know, it, it was between, you know, they were either going to offer me a contract or they were going to try and take their chances of me not getting drafted this next year. So they, they ended up, you know, they signed me out of camp. And I just remember when I was signing, I, I went into Iserman's office, my signed paperwork, and I sat down. And it's one of those weird moments where I don't know if anybody can relate, but like, you're in almost like a weird vortex of like, he's talking to me and I'm hearing what he's saying, but it's not really processing through my head because I'm like, holy shit, there's so much stuff that's coming at me. I'm like, wow, like, I'm really doing this. Like, I'm in the office with Iserman. And like, he was sitting probably 10 feet ahead of me, you know, in this little office, but it looked like he was like 30 feet away from me. Like, it was weird. And I don't know, it was a very surreal moment and like, kind of a, you know, part of my French, even though I've already sworn a few times, like, <laughs> Like a, like a fuck you moment to, to anybody that kind of had doubted me or the coaches that didn't play me in the past or, you know, all, all of that stuff. That's a big part of my personality is I kind of always had a chip on my shoulder for people that didn't really believe or doubted or hated or whatever. So it was, it was awesome. It was definitely a dream come true and something I'll, I'll always have with me. So that is really cool. What is one of your favorite things about coaching now? Watching the kids develop, being able to have a big impact on them. You know, this is 12 and under right now. So they're very, very valuable players. And, you know, I, I don't see myself ever coaching at a professional level for the reason that I feel like once you're kind of at that level, guys are very stubborn or not malleable or, you know, they got there for a reason. So they're not really willing to change, you know. And I think it's very uh, self-fulfilling when you see players progress at your coaching. And I think I coach from a very different aspect of I take all the good things that I learned from coaches that I really liked and, you know, even coaches that I didn't like, if there was something good out of it, I, I really, you know, took that and remembered it. I remembered all the experiences that I had. 
I remember all, and, and to go the opposite way, all the, the ways that I hated with coaches, you know, stuff that I didn't feel like helped and, and whatnot. I think I bring a very unique aspect to being able to relate with these players, but also understanding, you know, I, I was fortunate to have the good coaches that I did have, you know, take so many good takeaways that I'm able to now implement these kids. And I'm still very much a student of the game to where like any new techniques or any new things I'm able to, you know, translate it to these kids. And I think they're very responsive and that's what I love about it. You know, I, I coach my heart on my sleeve in a way and look to make these kids gently get better. I don't give a damn about parents. I don't give a damn about all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm here for the kids' development and yeah, being the best coach that I can be. Last year is your first year coaching, right? Well, this is my first year of actually coaching a team. Okay. Okay. It's not just me, right? It's me and a couple other guys as well, but I'm the only non-parent coach. Uh, you know, I work with all the defensemen. You know, prior years, I was always coaching. I always ran. I ran my high school hockey camps. I did private life lessons for, you know, I still do private lessons. I've done that since I've been retired. I did that even in the off season when I wasn't retired. This is my first time really coaching a team. So, yeah, I, uh, I've been coaching for a long time. It's just, uh, I love actually having a team and watching my guys grow. And I want to stay with a lot of these guys and continue to watch them, help them get to where they want to be, you know? So do we get one of these crazy stories that you keep talking about? Man. <laughs> yeah. But, all right, all right. This is one, and I'm definitely not saying any names. This is my third, third year pro. I'm in the locker room, and I always like ran the music. I was always one of the last guys to go out into the hallway to get on the ice, you know, for the period or whatever it was. And so we were going to go out there for the third period. And, you know, I'm there, I'm getting my shoulder pads on. Everybody's pretty much out of the locker room. And I, I played with a team of characters, man, like, just some absolute characters. And this guy in particular was probably the craziest guy I've ever played with. But so I'm putting my shoulder pads on, getting ready to go out for the third period, and everybody's out of the locker room except for, you know, I turn my I turn my back, I look over my right shoulder, and this guy doesn't have his shoulder pads on, he's just got his pants on and his skates and you know every his lower body gear. He's in the middle of the locker room and he's and he's and he's peeing in the trash can. Like, in the middle of our home locker room, he's peeing in the trash can. And we're going out for the third period. I'm like, what the, what the hell am I witnessing right now? And, uh, you know, so, you know, that was crazy. You know, that, and anyways, I went on with the rest of the game. Like, that, that moment is always going to be embedded in my mind as one of the craziest things I saw. Another crazy, you know, I'll give you another one, too, was my rookie party when I was in Fort Myers. The guys, they're all the rookies. We all had to wear speedos because we're, you know, we're headed. The rookie party was going to be at the beach, and it's during spring break time in Fort Myers Beach. Like, you know, that's a crazy spot. And so we're all wearing speedos, and you know, guys are drinking. Guys are, you know, whatever. It's a rookie party, man. Like, guys are going crazy, having fun. And uh, but we're taking this limo to the beach from the apartments, and you know, we'd stop at a red light. Guys would like. Hop out of the, the, at a red light, guys would hop out of the, uh, limo and would start like dancing or grinding on cars and they got like a speedo on. Like, um, this one guy in particular, man, he had like the craziest beard, a lot of chest hair and he's got a speedo on and he's like just shaking it in the middle of the road. And then, uh, yeah, we ended up making it to the beach and, you know, this, this same guy walks out. Walks out into the middle of the road as we're crossing the street to get to the beach side. Um, and you know, there's some traffic there. He just doesn't give a shit. He just walks out, puts his hand up like he's like, like puts his hand up like he's like stopping traffic. He does. He stops traffic. Then he just drops down, starts doing push-ups in the street. No. <laughs> then we get, then we get across the street and uh, we're at the beach and. <laughs> Oh no, he was he was on one that day, man. Like uh like he was he was hyper. Guy got ended up getting in a fight on the beach, but I guess he just he just hit a guy in the face and like knocked him out. And then he got you know, we see we I didn't see it. All I see is like the security guy like escorting this guy with a beard like out, you know, you know, basically he didn't he didn't get arrested or anything like that. Um he just ended up going home. But yeah, he, he knocked a guy out on the beach. So you know, it's stuff like that in several different ways. Like you just, you just see so much stuff, man. And but they're they're memories that like 
people just don't get to get to experience that stuff. So I, I'm grateful that I got to because that's, you know, that's not average everyday memories, right? Right. No, so, I feel like it keeps you youthful, definitely. You know, because you're not jumping into like the nine to five grind right away. No, no, exactly. So, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's you know what to go off that. You know, it's it's not the average nine to five job. Like it's just not. The pressure is very different. Okay, you don't work as long, and you have a lot more free time, but you know, you could get traded. You, there's so many different things that. You know, it's very different from a nine-to-five job. Now, there are certain things that are, I find very applicable to a nine-to-five job. For example, you know, the pressures that you go as an athlete, like going into the real world, um, it's, I feel like my ability to handle stuff or, um, and, you know, through all my experiences has helped me really kind of push to continue to grow from, from this side of things. And, you know, in the company that I work for now, it's, it's very much focused on, you know, they, they love athletes at this company because, you know, we're known for working hard. We're known for, we know how to grind. We know how to like take harsh criticism or whatever it is. But this, this, you know, this company is so big on teamwork and, you know, a lot of things that are very similar to being, being an athlete, right? I'm selling mortgages. I'm getting people to refinance and, uh, or, you know, I work with brokers, which whatever, I won't dig into that. But, you know, being around guys that are kind of on the same page and again, being on a team with, other athletes that understand what it's like to be on a team, it's very, you know, it's made the transition that much smoother. It's made, you know, it's just, I don't know where exactly I'm trying to go with it, but uh, it, it is. It's 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 very different being a pro athlete than it is in real life, but there's so many things that I've carried over to the real world that have really benefited me and, you know, given me respect in a lot of ways, too, from from people that I work with. So it's uh, it's been a, it's been a great transition, but it wasn't, I know you asked me a little bit about like why I retired. That was a very tough time. That last year of playing hockey was a very, very tough time for me. You know, deciding what I wanted to do because hockey was my, my, my love and that, that was kind of all other than making clothes, but I knew making clothes really wasn't going to give me a bunch of financial freedom that I really wanted, at least not right off the bat. So to find out what I wanted to do and get into, like nobody dreams of getting into mortgages. Nobody dreams of that. Like at least nobody that I, I know of. And so. You know, there was a, there was a lot of mental stuff that I had to get through and, you know, I finally made that transition and I haven't looked back and I, uh, you know, I, I understand what it, what it can do to you for athletes that are, you know, considering retirement, but don't really know where to go. Like, it's just, you kind of got to just throw yourself into something and understand that you don't have to be there forever. Right. You know, you know I could have threw myself into insurance. I could have threw myself into freaking some sort, just something else, marketing, whatever, you know, like, just because I do that doesn't mean I have to be stuck with that job for the rest of my life. Like, so I made that decision where, all right, I'm going to jump into this. I used an opportunity. I used some of my resources and networking to, you know, get myself a position. And, you know, I, I love it. I, I, I love the industry that I'm in and whatnot. But, you know, tell me that when I'm going through retirement. And, I mean, I was, I was down and out. Still kept, kept waking up every day and figuring it out piece by piece. And here I am today. There you go. You weren't interested in continuing to work in the sport. I feel like so many people that retire at a high level go into, like, coaching juniors or prep school. Yeah, that's – yes, um, I agree with – yeah, so that's – you do. That's what you see a lot of people. And I think a lot of times, you know, they either have an extreme passion for the game, which is usually always the case, but, you know, maybe some of them – that do get into that, they don't really know what else to do. Like, I was very much over the business aspect of it. And if I was to coach juniors, and at the time I didn't graduate yet, so I couldn't coach college hockey. You know, I graduated this past spring from Central Michigan. And, you know, if I would have the ability to coach college now, but, you know, I was very over much the business, very over the business aspect of it. I didn't want to, you know, I want, if I was going to play, I was going to play for fun in a men's league game. If I was going to coach, I was going to coach youth kids where I kind of step away from all the, the BS that you kind of deal with at the high levels. And because if you're coaching, you're still pretty much living the same life as the players and mm-hmm. you're still as disposable. You know, you could be in this place. You don't have a good season. Well, now you're not renewing your contract and now we have to, you have to go somewhere else and move to a different city. And that was a life that I just, I was over it. So props to the guys that stay in it and, and continue to you know, do that. But yeah, 
I'm more than just a hockey player. Like I really am. So it's 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 nice. It's very satisfying to move into a real world job and understand that you know you can do that. You know what I mean? Like you are. And it sounds silly, but you know to to be able to function in a real job and be you know have success and, and continue to you know grow and earn respect. And I think that's very satisfying for me. And, and you know to to know that I can do stuff other way from uh, outside of the hockey industry. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely does. Congratulations on graduating, getting your degree. I, I appreciate it. I never set foot on campus. I graduated from Central Michigan, literally never set foot on campus. I did it all online, and then I was going to walk. My first time I was going to be on campus was going you know, for my graduation. But, but then COVID happened, and so I ended up just getting a box in the mail with my diploma. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I mean, this works. <laughs> I'll take it. Shit. Ten years, God dang, you know, it was it was a long time. So, but I was focused on hockey, so I, I don't. Doesn't matter, I got it. Yeah, were you just taking like a class at a time during season or something? I would take anywhere from three to four classes. My last couple of years, I had to take more because I was getting to the point where if you don't graduate within ten years, they're going to start adding on classes. And I was not about to spend that extra money because that is one thing I will say about college is that is ridiculous is how expensive the classes are now. The classes are one thing, I guess, but then I got my teacher having me buy his book. That's $300. That's literally, you know, I'm giving a prime example of this is like what I hate. You now I got to buy this teacher's book that he benefits off of. That's only like not even a hundred pages, but the book costs almost $300. And it's not even his original work. It's pieces of other people's work, you know, that he just basically snagged. And then, you know, you know, yeah, you get credit to it. But the, the, the other thing was we used that book, like, maybe for three assignments out of the 40 that we did. It's like, it's stuff like that. That was like, I, I, uh, I'm going to graduate in 10 years because I ain't doing, I ain't going to, I'm not going to do that. You know, uh, so my last couple of years, I was taking, I took 18 credits. Or no, it was my last, my last three semesters, I took 18 credits, 18 credits, and 16 credits. So I was jam-packed, and I was working my full-time job. So it was, I was, I was in it. I know, and then they throw on, like, the distance learning fee and the activities fee, and you're like, why? Like, why? What is the point of this? Yeah. Why did my, why did my semester fee just go up by 75 bucks, like, it's just you're getting hit with all these random fees and stuff. So, yeah. Where did you uh, – yeah, Utica. Right. Sorry. Yeah, I've been um, all over, honestly. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I started out at Lake Forest, played a semester there, transferred home, went to community college for a semester, then went to school in Lake Tahoe for three years, and then transferred to Utica my senior year. I played there. So it's kind of like – a crazy back and forth. Yeah, that's cool though. Hey, you got to see some different stuff. You can learn just all, hey, there's, there's a lot of positives out of that. Definitely are, yeah. Right? Yeah. I can't imagine being a person who like grew up and never left their hometown. That's just so different than my way of life. Yeah, that's, that's it. Now you're, you're from Tahoe? Is that what you said? I'm from, from the Bay. Area? I'm from the Bay Area, but Tahoe is where I've chosen to call home. Okay. Yeah. So I lived in so many different spots that I don't. I got to travel a lot, and I'm still going to continue to travel and go places. But like, I was satisfied with just okay. I got to see a lot of different places. And now I just want to go back home and you know be where with where all my best friends are, and you know start a career here. So you know, I can always you can always change stuff. You can always go somewhere else, but. It's nice to have those experiences of traveling, so I feel bad for... I, I, well, I wish everybody got to experience that, I should say. Yeah, I think it's very eye-opening. I agree. Especially, like, not to bring up politics or anything, but I find it very interesting because, like, where I was in Pennsylvania was very red, and then, like, here is very blue, and you just get to see everyone's different perspectives and their way of lives. Yeah, that is interesting. I always, yeah, you take in people's perspectives, man, I'm... I, I take in people's perspectives and I was willing to listen and everything, you know. So I, I'm not a guy who have to be, have to be like this, have to be like this. You know, I, I'm very much open-minded to hearing, you know, a little bit of everything and studying it and kind of formulating it into my own way of thinking. So, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. 
What team did you play on with Colin? Colby, yes. So we played on Fort Wayne for a a short time together, but we we got close pretty fast. We hung out a lot, and yeah, he was just he was just a really cool dude, and he's a really smart guy. Like he's a he's a he's a very smart guy, like very articulate, very analytical. Like you know, I think he thinks in a, a different way than me, but also a lot of same ways. But he's what he's got going on with his uh, underwear, like. When I make posts about his underwear, like, that's literally me being honest. Like, I don't know. He's a really cool dude, and I just vibed with him right away. So I think we played together for maybe four months, you know, kind of kept that connection. You meet a lot of cool guys playing. Yeah. I bet, definitely. And it's nice because then you just have, like, built-in friends everywhere you move to. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, why do people, if you don't go into college playing sports, a lot of guys would be in a fret. Being a, or girls are being a sorority, and like you know, you kind of have an established group in a way where you know it's it's nice to have that. It's nice to have that, and uh, yeah, that's one of the great things about playing hockey is is you get to be with these guys, and those are the you know being with the guys stuff. That's another way of taking the edge off of you know the negative side of the business and all that stuff. So it's yeah. Do you miss Probably. that part? Do you miss like having a team and everything? Yes, I miss. So I miss a lot of those guys that I played with. I miss that, you know, just fooling around in the locker room after practice, before practice, whatever it is. Um, I really love that side of things and being able to hang out after practice at each other's apartments or whatever it was. It was it was really cool. You know, kind of what I was saying. I've been very fortunate to be in a position now where I'm still kind of in that. Like I play, I'm on a I'm on a team of guys. It's about seven or eight of us. I'm trying to think, but I don't want to take too long to think about it. I'm like, on a team with like eight guys and, you know, four of us were college athletes or better, you know, and, you know, my leader's leader, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was an athlete at a very high level and it's, uh, so it kind of has translated right over from the team's team aspect, you know, which is just a very different industry, but we still fool around. Uh, not fool around, like we're not getting work done, but it's positive, like it's just, it's fun, you know what I mean? It's makes work fun, right? So, yeah, I do miss it, though, definitely. I bet. Yeah, I saw that you were doing some of the modeling for Mulvey. Yeah, we did a little photo shoot. He came to Detroit, and, and it was me and I had uh, a few other people that, there was like three other people that were at that photo shoot that we were, yeah, just showing off his underwear and stuff. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. Not, not, I had done some modeling stuff in the past, and um, you know, not like I was some crazy model, but I'd done stuff in the past and got paid for it. This was like really cool because it was with my buddy and seeing what he was doing. And I love, I genuinely love the, the product. Like I got three pairs of his underwear, and it's like I'm telling you, like this stuff is like no joke. Like it's like it's as comfy as you know that soft, ma- the soft material that you love in an underwear, but it also like you know it, it has a it's very functional in the fact that it doesn't, you know, I know Mulvey always puts this out there, but it doesn't ride up on your leg. It doesn't get all scrunched up. Like, it stays where it's at, and then it's got the feature that a company like Saks um, has in theirs. You know, it's like he, he's kind of taken bits and pieces, like really good aspects of different brands and different kinds of underwear, and he put it all into one. So it's it's really, like, it's it's cool. Like, you can literally, now I don't use it for this because I think they're too nice for me that, like, I kind of use them more as, like, a nice pair of underwear, right? Like, I don't go and work out in them, but they can absolutely be worn, and they're very functional and great for working out or if you want to go play in them or whatever. But I use them more as, like, a luxury, more of, like, a luxury brand of underwear. That's kind of how, like, it's... Some good stuff Colin's got going. And how do you sell your creations? Just on Instagram or? Yeah, Instagram. I used to kind of, I used to uh, put my stuff out there on like, I put it out there on Facebook Market or this uh, this application called Grailed. And, you know, I just have a price or I'll put it on my Instagram story and have a price next to it and, you know, people will hit me up. Or sometimes people will put in custom orders and say, hey, I, I want to do this to these pair of jeans or whatever. Like, I want to take these jeans because I don't wear them anymore, and I want to make them skinny, and I want to, you know, add color to them, and I want you to do your thing or blow out the jean, or blow out the knees of the jeans, you know. Like, I'll do custom orders as well. So, um, and then I'll just ship them off back to them, and, you know, they usually pay through Venmo or PayPal, and it's, 
it's good. So it's a nice little, it's a nice little side hustle that I, I just enjoy. So I actually, I'm working on a jacket right now that I take a lot of time with my pieces. Um, like, cause I, it doesn't all come to me at once, but like, I got this jacket here. I'll show you. I got the, uh, garbage bags laid down on the floor too. Um, mm-hmm. so the paint everywhere, but like, I got some, this unique violet color with like this thing that I drew, like this guy's crazy face, but I'm going to throw a bunch of other colors on. Like, uh, I kind of got my palettes right here, but you know, there's my little pre-design there. And then you know, I got a bunch of different colors that I'll eventually kind of throw it, throw it on there in a way that I think looks cool. So you know, I'll probably put this jacket up for sale. <laughs> How cool. Can you wash those or does the paint come off? Paint doesn't come off. No, it's a special, like, leather paint that's, like, it's, it's water resistant. But once I'm completely done, I'll put a finisher on it. And it'll solidify the paint, make sure, like, everything is just, it's there, you know? I mean, sure, it'll have some wear and tear if I'm, if I'm wearing this thing over the years, but, like, that's kind of the beauty of it. Like, mm-hmm. I buy stuff perfect, so that's the look. How cool. I like that. Thank you. Hey, if you ever want a shirt, yo, I, like, I love making girls' clothes. Like, girls' clothes is honestly my favorite thing, because I always know what, like, I always think about, you know, I know what a girl would look good in. So, like, I'll make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that aspect too. But, uh, I would love a shirt. That'd be super cool. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. What else you got going on this weekend? So I'm headed to practice here shortly, and then you know I'll probably just come back here, hang out, maybe have a couple buddies over, and then I plan on going. I got early morning lessons tomorrow with a couple kids. And then I'll head back to my parents' place, which is, you know, they got a farm with, like, an indoor riding ring. And, like, it's kind of like my mom and dad's, like, it's it's just kind of a dream for all of us. It's really cool. There's horses on the property and stuff. So I'll probably go there tomorrow after my lessons and hang out with my brother. And, you know, we'll watch football. So Tom Brady, get this boy, get this boy another one. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Sounds like a good weekend. Yeah, it'll be good. What about you? You got, I mean, you're going on Lake Tahoe or what's good? I don't know how uh, warm it is over there, but you said it was snowing, so. It's been good the past couple, like, days, and then it's supposed to snow from today until, like, the rest of the week. Okay. Which, like, I do not ski or snowboard, so I'm, like, not big into the snow. I just like it when it's cold because we go play pond hockey, and I like Tahoe for everything else it has to offer. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. That's uh, that's cool. I'll be in Breckenridge, Colorado, skiing in the next three weeks. Three weeks we go, so really excited for that. I haven't got, I haven't got. The one thing about playing hockey is you can't like, you can't do stuff. If you're serious about it, you can't go do stuff because you could get hurt. So, um, if you're gonna get hurt, you better be doing it playing hockey. But I can go skiing now. I can go rollerblade in the middle of the road in the summertime and. Not have to worry about getting hurt and not being able to play the next season and not having a job. So I know we just had a friend out here who was gonna play in Maine and then their team folded for the season and I forget he got a phone call like literally the day before we were all supposed to go skiing that he was gonna be able to go play this season in the ECHL and I'm blanking on what the team was, but he ended up like canceling his reservation. He's like, I can't ski, like I can't go, like risk it. <laughs> Got you. Do I know this guy? Would I know this guy? Maybe he's kind of younger. He played at Ferris. He graduated last year, two years ago, something like that. No, yeah, two years ago because he played in Maine last year. What's his, uh, what's his name? Nate Callen. Uh, I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure exactly. But I know, I know a few guys from Ferris. But uh, there it is. There's your team right there. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. That's how we do it. <laughs> Tahoe's about to be flooded full of hockey people, though, because they just scheduled those uh, two outdoor games here. Oh, wow. Yeah. On the golf course, too, where they do celebrity golf. They're, like, building a rink out of nothing just for these two games. Oh, my God. Who's going to the games? Like, or, uh, what? Sorry, I, I, I'm out of the loop, I guess. Who was playing? You're good. It's um, Bruins. The Knights, oh my god, now I'm blanking. 
That's amazing, though. But there's, yeah, there's four teams coming. And it's so funny because, like, I it's a small town, so, like, if you're from here, you get to hear the gossip. And, like, the people that got contracted to build it is the casino next door, and they build, like, concert venues. <laughs> they called the people that own the ice rink and down there, like, do you know how to build an ice rink? Like, how do we do this? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's sweet. That's, uh... That's very different too. Like normally it's at a stadium or outdoor stadium, like something, but like to do it in Lake Tahoe on a, on a golf course or just anywhere. Yeah, very cool. Do you have to go to your practice? Yeah, I got to head out here in a second, but this interview was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you for letting me interview you. More than happy. If you ever want me back out, you know what I mean? I, maybe I'll share some more stories or something, you know what I mean? I got a lot of them. I'll Heck have to, yeah. I'll have to weed out the ones that I just can't say. <laughs> well, it's not uh, as bad for you. I feel bad for, like, the college people or the people that are still in it because then you really have to watch your tongue on what you say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say anything that's going to get me in trouble or whatever. I'm just saying stuff purely. I'm just, you know, being myself or whatever. But well, yeah, the college you have to watch themselves, right? Yeah, a lot with NCAA. It's like any little thing that you say. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Funny because those guys are living it. Like, you know, most of the pro guys aren't living You know what I'm saying? Like, you're a college athlete, man. Like, you you are, you see some you see some stuff. You go through some experiences, man. man. <laughs> it's, but it's really cool stuff. So I'll say it for them. That's some cool That's, you know, they got some stories. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming on and letting me interview you. Yes. No, I appreciate it. Thank you, Kelsey. Anytime. Yeah. Have a good practice. All right. Thank you. Bye. Take care.